The term plastic footprint has become increasingly newsworthy. But what does it actually mean? In this episode of Packaging Talks, Dominic Sanchi, co-founder of Amplify, in conversation with Dr. R. Rangaprasad, unravels the new concept. Tune in to find out more about plastic footprint and the benefit the packaging industry can reap from it. Hello everyone and welcome to a fresh episode of Packaging Talks, podcast series brought to you by the Packaging 360 team. Today, our guest is uh, Dominic Sanchi. He's the co-founder of Amplify, an intelligent environmental action platform, enabling companies to measure, reduce, and communicate their plastic footprint. Dominic, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. I'm really glad to be here. Dominic, we've heard of so many terms associated with sustainable packaging and circular economy like carbon footprint, eco footprint. Now, uh, you have proposed a new concept called the plastic footprint. So would you please explain to our listeners what is your concept of plastic footprint? And uh, from there, we can take the conversation forward. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to do that. As most of the listeners know, plastics are a ubiquitous group of materials that can be found in almost every supply chain. And while they can offer significant advantages over alternatives, their contribution to climate change and the exponential increase of plastic pollution is creating a global call to action. I'm sure that most of you have experienced the difficulties of managing something that isn't properly measured. And the concept of the plastic footprint exists to address exactly this challenge in the context of plastics. In short, a plastic footprint is an indicator that is used to measure the negative impacts of plastic pollution associated with the company. And this measurement is tracked through the process of plastic accounting, which is a subset of environmental accounting. Now, clearly, as you've mentioned, the most well-known dimension of environmental accounting is carbon accounting, which cares about all the different types of greenhouse gas emissions that are emitted by a company. So in other words, carbon accounting refers to a process used to measure the greenhouse gas emissions associated with a company. And although measuring your carbon footprint or eco footprint or whatever you're uh, concerned about is a really good first step, it does not capture the full range of negative externalities that can be associated with a given company. And this is mainly because carbon accounting assumes that all types of plastics are diverted from nature at their end of life. And this is clearly not the case. And I, I'm sure that everyone uh, who is listening to this podcast will know that many plastics uh, just end up in the environment because they're not being collected and eventually not used um, for any repurposing at the end of their lifetime. And especially in the case of fast moving consumer goods, retail and food service industries, plastic pollution is one of the biggest consumer concerns. And this is really why the concept of plastic accounting and the plastic footprint exists, because it can help deliver more accurate information and therefore also enable more informed decisions. I get that's a great introduction to the uh, conversation, Dominic. Tell us a little more about plastic footprint. Why do we need to measure pl plastic footprint? What additional information do we get and how does it uh, sort of, uh, what are the advantages? And how accurate are these uh, measurements? Yeah, this is a really important question. And let me just shed some more light on this. Tackling plastic pollution is a call for a healthy society, a thriving environment, and a sustainable economy. And yet, as I said before, we cannot manage what isn't measured. And in order to turn the tide on plastics, we must understand where they are used in our supply chains, leaked into nature, 
and how we can systematically reduce their negative impact on our planet. Now, measuring a plastic footprint brings along the potential to improve the economic, environmental, and social bottom line. First, there are numerous economic benefits that come from decreasing plastic waste, such as boosting innovation in product development, lowering operating and capital expenditures, minimizing risks, or even gaining new consumers. And what follows is the tremendous potential to reduce the negative impacts of plastics on nature. And the negative impacts of plastics can be summarized into two parts. One is the greenhouse gas contribution, and the other one is really the lack of their collection at the end of life and the potential to transition to a more circular economy. Now, in terms of greenhouse gas emissions, for example, we know that the bulk of plastics are still produced from fossil fuels. And the plastic industry is one of the top 10 contributors to global warming. And that means that finding ways to reduce emissions related to the plastic production and also their incineration at end of life can help move the needle on global climate action. And then when we go back to the circular economy, we have also learned that plastics are a key component of helping us to transition toward a, a world that, that leaves the linear material use. And we, we know today that in an average year of the 360 million tons of plastics produced, more than 13 million tons end up in the environment. So increasing plastic reuse, their collection and recycling can really help us change this to the better. And last but not least, to, to complement this picture of the three important points, why it makes sense to measure a plastic footprint, it also brings a lot of value adds to society because managing plastics in a better way, which means that we make sure that they don't end up in nature and can be used for as long as possible, also comes with many potential benefits for human health and well-being. Uh, Dominic, we agree. Yes, uh, you have quite clearly explained uh, the need to measure plastic footprint. But uh, how do we really quantify plastic footprint? I think it's still not clear the quantification part, just like in the case of carbon footprint or, or the greenhouse gas emissions. What are, so could you tell, could you elaborate a little more on the uh, quantification aspect of the plastic footprint concept? Of course, I can do that. A plastic footprint is usually quantified by mass, which depending on your location would be in pounds, kilograms or, or metric tons. However, it is increasingly recognized that a sole focus on mass does not accurately capture the total impact of mismanaged plastics and their negative effects on the economy, environment and society. So as a result, the latest methodologies for plastic footprint measurement adjust the indicator by the inclusion of material type, toxicity, target market and other relevant factors. That said, it is very important to state here that plastic accounting uh, which is kind of the uh, overarching term of uh, the process of measuring a plastic footprint is a relatively new concept. And this is why there is currently no globally recognized industry standard that defines the principles and boundaries for measurement. In the case of carbon and greenhouse gas accounting, the greenhouse gas protocol was first published in 2001 and can be seen as the holy grail of measuring carbon footprints. And for the plastic space, this has yet to be developed. Now, the good news is that science-based frameworks exist and are quickly entering the limelight. At Amplify, the calculation of a plastic footprint is informed by four variables. And these variables really spread from the moment when the plastic is first used, then when it eventually has to be disposed of, when it leaks into nature, 
and the potential harm that leaked plastics can cause to the environment, the economy, and also societies. So let me break that down a little bit to really focus on these four stages when the plastic footprint can be measured. As I said, the first one is the plastic use stage, which is really looking at the quantity and composition of plastics that are used by a company. The second stage is then the plastic waste generation, which measures what proportion of these plastics that are being used reach the end of their life cycle. The third stage is the proportion of plastic waste that is lost and released to nature during the production, consumption and disposal. And then lastly, the ecosystem impact is the direct and indirect impact of these plastics that leak into the environment. And this measures the total monetary contribution of the negative externalities that are being caused. Now, I know that this uh, might all sound a little abstract, uh, and I think it's important to also break it down uh, a little further and uh, help align this entire concept with the very established framework that we already know from the greenhouse gas protocol or the carbon accounting space. And this is why I wanted to highlight that the concept of measuring a plastic footprint is hopefully going to be very much aligned with the procedures that we see in, in, in the carbon space. And what that means is that we also follow a concept that has three scopes. Um, so we don't call them scopes as in the carbon world, where we have the scope one uh, measuring the direct emissions from a company, scope two, the indirect, and scope three, the, the all the other emissions. In the case of plastic accounting, we work with different tiers. Now, we also have these three tiers, and the first tier covers the pre-consumer plastic waste whose end-of-life de destination can be influenced by the company. So that includes all the plastics that are used at the warehouse and then eventually disposed of, plus also all the material use that comes from workplace-related activities. The tier two then measures the post-consumer plastic waste whose end-of-life destination can only partially be influenced by the company because you often don't really have to control what the consumers do with the material once it ends up in their hands. So that includes all the products, that includes the packaging, um, also the protective packaging that might be used for the shipping and all the other applications that are basically uh, coming from a consumer application. And then the third bit is the tier three that includes all the other activities in the supply chain of a company that can be a little bit more tricky to measure. And this includes all the upstream activities that go up to an agricultural process that is eventually um, needed to, to create some of the ingredients that go into a product, but also microplastics that uh, could leak into nature through the process of uh, various activities that are needed to manufacture a given product. I hope that is answers the question. Well, Dominic, that was a real classroom type of uh, a lecture, really. Uh, I understood and hopefully our listeners also would have uh, absorbed the essence of uh, this concept. Dominic, you would appreciate that uh, Packaging 360 is a, is a platform essentially for the uh, stakeholders in the packaging supply chain. So from uh, keeping in, in view their interests, how would this uh, plastic footprint concept be useful to the packaging industry, because the packaging industry, as you are aware, uses a uses polymers, paper, metal, glass, and a combination of materials. So would you just like to just uh, dwell a little bit on the uh, utility of this uh, concept 
specifically for the packaging industry. Of course, I'm happy to clarify this and maybe just to, to be clear, and this is it's very much our, my own opinion or like our opinion of, of Amplify. I'm sure that many other people um, see alternative benefits um, that, that come with a plastic footprint measurement. But in, in our opinion, plastic footprint management really comes with four major benefits for the packaging industry. So the first one is that it allows them to exceed consumer expectations and drive loyalty and growth. That is very important because consumers are increasingly pushing their favorite brands and also the packaging manufacturers that are supplying their products to the brands for plastic action. And demonstrating thought leadership through transparency and accountability will be rewarded with increased loyalty, cross and upselling opportunities. The second one is the access to new and better funding opportunities. Because when we look at investors and their current concerns, we also see that there is an increased attention for ESG criteria, which measures the environmental, social and governance performance of a company and sustainable packaging provider, or let's say a packaging provider that is measuring their footprint and using these insights to inform their decision will likely have a better access to financing. And this will obviously help them uh, create an edge. And, and the leading transition to a circular economy will also accelerate the kind of access to, to funding opportunities. And the third bit is that measuring plastic footprint and managing that helps to align the strategy that the packaging company already has with science. Because when we look at the past decade, the study of plastic pollution has produced more scientific output than any other issue related to the UN SDGs. And this provides an opportunity to align business strategies with facts instead of opinions, and this enable informed decision-making that avoids unintended consequences. And this alignment of strategy with science has also been observed in the carbon space where the emergence of the net zero targets and the science-based target initiative is very well known as of today. And uh, I'm just waiting for the day when this is also gonna happen for plastics. And then the last bit, which is also very important, is that it helps packaging suppliers to make most out of governmental incentives. And because scientific consensus increases, so does the willingness of policymakers to enable positive change. And today, if we look at the entire globe, discussions about extended producer responsibility, in short EPR, are increasingly entering the boardroom. And why does that matter? It's because understanding the trajectory of policy will be crucial to excel during the ongoing transition period to a low carbon and hopefully circular economy. Thank you, Dominic, for this explanation on how on the utility and the usefulness of uh, plastic footprint for the packaging industry. I'm sure uh, the packaging industry is also looking for something more meaningful uh, to quantify uh, the sustainability of packaging materials uh, that they use in their in their request towards moving towards a circular economy uh, we thank you very much for your time it was a pleasure talking to you and listening to new ideas i hope in the future we'll have a lot of you will have a lot of more experience and uh, ideas to share with us so on behalf of packaging 360 let me uh, formally thank you for your time and sharing your insights and wish you all the very best for your future endeavors
thank you very much that's very kind of you and it was a pleasure to be here and i also wish you all the best for packaging 360 definitely one of my favorite shows that i'm gonna listen to going forward thank you for joining yet another episode of packaging talks powered by packaging 360 do tune in to our next episode